It's Friday, the 26th of March, 2021. Welcome to your Mentored Briefing, the business headlines you need to know, delivered to you in five minutes. I'm Sean Aylmer. In today's headlines, the Chief Executive Officer of AMP is expected to resign, with investors now wondering what next for the financial services giant. Plus, the federal budget gets a $23 billion boost. The biggest jump in wealth in more than a decade, one guess why and how a Ghanaian government decision destroyed a local gold miner. Our lead story today, the chief executive of AMP, Francesco De Ferrari, is expected to resign in coming days, ending a controversial two-year reign running the iconic company. Last night, AMP said Mr De Ferrari, quote, remains as chief executive officer of the group, end quote. Maybe for now, but there seems little doubt he's on his way out. AMP has been in a state of flux for several years. Once the gem in the crown, the group's giant financial planning network has been downsized as changes to regulations around providing advice and the Banking Royal Commission decimated its profitability. AMP Bank has also shown much promise but never quite been large enough and the group's superannuation business is shrinking, notwithstanding the market is growing. The driver of earnings in recent years has been the fund's management business, AMP Capital, it's in the process of being split into parts after US fund manager Aries Management Corporation said it would pay $1.35 billion for 60% of the unlisted markets business. There's been some success for Mr. DeFerrari. He successfully divested the $3 billion life insurance business. And there's been management turmoil. Last year, executive Bo Pahari was appointed head of AMP Capital and then forced to step down within two months of allegations about his behaviour to a female staff member. The controversy eventually cost AMP Chair David Murray and board member John Fraser their jobs. AMP share price has trended lower for two decades. At yesterday's close of $1.34 per share, the company's share price was one quarter of what it was two years ago. Shareholders need answers about where to now, but it's hard to see where the future lies. In overseas news, oil prices fell further last night. I mentioned the stricken ship on the Suez Canal yesterday. Well, it's still there, and hundreds of ships, including oil tankers, are now backed up in the world's largest shipping jam. Lloyd's List has estimated that the value of goods held up is about $12.5 billion a day. Britain's border force personnel are likely to get turned-back powers, akin to those used in Australia to stop and redirect boats carrying illegal migrants. Back in 2013, Australia border authorities redirected boats to Indonesia and Sri Lanka and quickly slowed the number of arrivals. In Goldman Sachs, boss David Solomon said his firm would try harder to ensure junior bankers got at least one day off a week. In a voice memo sent to staff on Sunday, the chief executive of one of the world's leading banks said the firm would enforce its so-called Saturday rule, whereby junior bankers shouldn't be in the office from 9pm Friday until 9am Sunday. Very generous. That's the news from around the globe, and this is your mentored briefing. Let's go to local stories now. The strong employment market and record run in iron ore prices has boosted the federal budget by $23 billion, and the deficit this financial year is likely to be around $150 billion, not the near $200 billion forecast last October. The unemployment rate is currently 5.8%, well below forecasts of a rate of around 7.5%. Lower unemployment means the government is paying less out in benefits and iron ore prices are trading at close to three times the level forecast in the federal budget. 
Prime Minister Scott Morrison has confirmed that there will be a cabinet reshuffle and Christian Porter will lose his Attorney General role, while Linda Reynolds will no longer be Minister for Defence, but both will remain in cabinet. Household wealth jumped by 4.3% during the December quarter, the biggest quarterly rise since 2009. Total household wealth is now $12 trillion, and wealth per capita is $468,000. So, if you have more than that amount in assets and cash, you're above average, more or less. The jump in wealth during the December quarter reflected higher house prices, according to the Bureau of Statistics. The NBN Co. spent $7.4 billion during the last financial year laying out fibre optic cables, about $1.3 billion more than anticipated. The difference included connecting more than 230,000 premises to the national broadband network, many more than the 150,000 it had planned to do. So far, the NBN has cost more than $55 billion to connect households and businesses with high-speed fibre. This one's a pet of mine. I think it's money really well spent. Resolute Mining has been told by the Ghanaian Minerals Commission that its lease for the Bibiani Gold Mine has been terminated. The mine was in the process of being sold for $105 million US dollars, though that's now clearly threatened. Resolute's share price has already fallen 26% in response to the announcement. The decision demonstrates, starkly, the sovereign risk involved in mining in faraway places. Earlier in the week, I mentioned the listing of Airtasker. If you got in on the listing, you were picking up shares for $0.65, cents, and then it jumped 65% on debut. It kept going, and after a couple of days, was up 170% from its issue price, boosted by social media. Yesterday, it tumbled 23%. Crazy. That's your Mentored Briefing for today. Don't miss out on any updates from us here at Mentored by subscribing to our newsletter. Visit mentored.com.au to stay up to date on all the latest. I'm Sean Aylmer. Have a great day.